0: This is episode 64. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. This episode is about dealing with bedtime anxiety and stressors. At the time of this episode's recording, the world is going crazy. The coronavirus is leaving its mark on the planet. Almost everyone I know is out of work because their company shut down for at least two weeks, and half the people I know are self isolating at this very moment. I really haven't experienced anything like this in my lifetime. The closest we came maybe would have been Y2K, when people were buying backup generators and hoarding canned goods. The world was expecting an explosion or something, but instead, all we got at midnight on January 1st, 2000, was having to reset the digital clock on our VCR in the living room. There's a lot of panic out there right now, and you can tell by the empty shelves at the grocery store and the pharmacy... I started writing this episode before the global panic set in, and I thought it was a perfect time to go live with some practical talk about dealing with stress. I have a list of six bedtime stressors here, and I can personally relate to all of them. I'm a believer in the power of positive thinking and speaking positive words, and I wanted to share with you some of the things that I tell myself to deal with my own bedtime anxiety. Let's start with stressor number one, tomorrow's to-do list. Tomorrow is a new day, and for most of us, it's a busy one. If you're having trouble falling asleep because you're thinking of all the things you have to do tomorrow, get up and write a to-do list. Place it in another room where you can deal with it in the morning and go back to bed. Now here's the most important part. Everything you have to do tomorrow is on that list, in the other room, so you no longer have to keep it in your head. When tomorrow is your stressor, say to yourself, Tomorrow is taken care of, tonight I can rest. When thoughts of tomorrow come into your head, which they will, don't get angry or frustrated. Let those thoughts go and say, tomorrow is taken care of. Tonight I can rest. Stressor number two is worrying about people you love. Can I get an amen from the parents in the back row still waiting for their teenager to come in the front door at 2am? Or the new mom who worries about her infant not gaining enough weight since her last doctor's appointment? Or the grandparent worrying about her grandchild moving to a new city to attend school? Or a worrier who lies in bed, worrying about everyone out there doing everything. I'm a worrier. I worry about my family every time one of us drives away. I worry about Jake when he's at the cabin. I know he's out there on his dream property, chopping down trees, or wandering through the forest where there are wild animals. When I don't hear from him, I worry something's happened. And my mind can conjure up the most terrible things. I have to talk myself down or I'm going to be a disaster. When I haven't received a text from him or a picture of him and the dog in several hours, I'll picture him out on the lake in a canoe with his phone charging peacefully inside. Look, he's happy. He's fine. I'll also pray a lot because sometimes it's all I can do there is no solution for not worrying at all about the people we love but we can give in to what we can't control i will say he's out there living his best life and that's where i want him to be i can't worry about him when you don't know where they are they haven't arrived yet or they haven't checked in imagine them safe and warm and happy don't let your imagination go anywhere dark You'll hear from them soon, and there will be a good reason. They are safe and happy. Stressor number three is money stress. For a long time, it seemed like money stress preferred to make itself known right at bedtime. I would say goodnight to Jake, we'd kiss goodnight, then the lingering hug brought out the anxiety. It would be me mentioning an upcoming payment, or Jake would have a current construction project on his mind. It wasn't 30 seconds until we would launch into a full money anxiety conversation. How we've dealt with this? Well, unfortunately, we can't get rid of the money problems with a positive mantra, but we started a rule that we aren't allowed to talk about money at bedtime. Neither of us wants to go to bed worrying about finances, and those conversations only result in trouble falling asleep or waking up in the middle of the night to continue to worry. We will often catch ourselves still talking about money before bed and saying, hey, no money talk at bedtime, and we'll stop. So do this instead. Enforce a strict no money talk at bedtime rule. Make a list of all the things you're grateful for instead. Say thank you out loud. Thank you for my health and for my amazing family, or... Thank you for all that I have. I am so blessed. Instead of worrying about money, think of all the things you have that are so much more important to you than money and spend the moments before you fall asleep thinking about how lucky you are. Stressor number four is worrying about your own health and happiness. When I was taking my mindfulness and meditation teacher course recently, My favorite meditation we learned in practice was called the Loving-Kindness Meditation. It's simple, easy to learn, and I think it works perfectly for what we are going through right now. May I be happy. May I be well. May I be safe. May I be peaceful and at ease. That's it, but isn't it beautiful? May I be happy. May I be well. May I be safe. May I be peaceful and at ease. Stressor number five, thoughts that scare you only at night. Now what I mean by this is there might be things that you worry about when you're in bed that you don't worry about during the day. For some reason, being in the dark and still in your bed can bring out anxiety that does not show its face in the daylight. This was my biggest problem when I was going through the worst of my sleep issues. Now, I've only shared this with a few people close to me, but I used to lie in bed every night, terrified of my soul living on forever. (laughs) I have grown up in church and with a family that has a strong faith in God. It has been drilled into my head for my entire life that when I die, my soul lives on. For most people who believe this, it's comforting to know that there is life after death. For me, it was terrifying. It's actually funny to think of it now because I was never afraid of dying. I was afraid of living forever. My brain just couldn't fathom how my soul could exist for eternity. And the idea of it all just made me panic. I was afraid of being stuck. And I wanted there to be an end. This went on for years. I avoided going to bed for as long as possible because I didn't want to spend another night worrying about it. I used to get myself so worked up that sometimes I would be in tears. I used to look for articles or books or videos about the concept of eternity. I wanted to hear people that I respected talk about the afterlife. And I always came up short. People were talking about heaven, usually in very abstract ways that I still couldn't understand, but nobody was talking about my soul living on forever. It's funny that the person who finally put me at ease was a stranger whom I don't think even believed in the same God. He was teaching a course that I took in Toronto, and I couldn't even tell you what topic led him to say these words, but what he said was, God took care of me before I was born. He's taking care of me during my life here on earth, and I just have to trust that he will take care of me after I die. I can't tell this story without feeling emotional, because that statement changed me. It was exactly what I needed to hear, and I've not spent another moment of my life worrying about my soul or eternity. I know your stressors won't be the same as mine, but there are words that will ease your mind as well. Tell someone that you trust about it. Ask them for reassurance or ask them for their opinion. You might find that simply bringing your worries out into the light and saying them out loud gives them less power. If you can't find someone else who's saying what you need to hear, then you say it. Tell yourself the words you need to hear to calm your bedtime anxiety and repeat it whenever things start to get scary. You can't control the thoughts that come into your head, but you can control how you react to them. I wish I had told someone about my own anxiety. Maybe I would have heard the words I needed to hear a lot sooner. I didn't have to struggle alone in the dark for so long. Stressor number six is freaking yourself out by being home alone or watching scary movies. I will admit here out loud that I am afraid of the dark. I stopped watching scary movies a long time ago because they disturbed me for long after the movie was over. Sometimes being home alone at night freaks me out a little. It's the one time I will allow the dog to sleep on my bed because I know he'll bark if he hears something. He is a three-year-old chocolate lab, so I doubt he would be able to protect me from anybody beyond sniffing the intruder to death or annoying them by wanting to play with his green ball while the TV's being carried out the patio door. Not too long ago, I watched a freaky Netflix series that you've probably heard of called The Haunting of Hill House just know that this is not the type of thing I would ever normally choose to watch but a friend of mine who also doesn't like scary things recommended it. First of all she said she loved the house. She thought it was beautiful. She also said that the story was really good and after the first episode I was hooked. I kept watching and I had two rules. I would watch an episode in the evening when it was still light out and I would always watch something funny after it. I knew that sleeping right after a scary episode was going to be a problem. And this time it wasn't being afraid of my soul living on in the afterlife. It was that there was a ghost in the hallway. So one night after watching a particularly creepy episode, probably the one where the kid hides under the bed while the floating ghost with the cane looks for him. (sighs) And I was completely home alone that weekend. No dog, nobody and I heard a noise in the basement. It was a bang, and then another one. So, I grabbed the biggest knife from the kitchen drawer, and I announced my presence to the basement. I also made sure I had sensible shoes at the ready, because we all know what happens to women who run away from intruders in heels. I know you're there, and I have a big knife, and I will stab you. Shockingly, there was no bad guy in the basement and I slept with the knife beside my bed all night. See, this is the reason I don't watch creepy things. I finished season one of Hill House, and I still can't go downstairs without turning all the lights on first. (laughs) I feel ridiculous admitting it. I just shouldn't watch things that creep me out. So how do I deal with this feeling of being home alone and scared at night? I am safe and loved. I'm fine. Of course, if you feel like you're in imminent danger, call the police. But if it's just a matter of freaking yourself out and thinking every sound in the house is a monster, I am safe and loved. I'm fine. And a big freaking knife. In any of the above situations, focusing on your breath will help. You don't have to change anything about your breathing. You just listen to it or picture it. Picture the air leaving your body through your nose or through your mouth. Be still and rest, and whenever those negative, worrisome thoughts pop into your head, go back to your breath. And remember, we're going to get through this. I hope something in here will help. It's impossible to remember everything I've told you to repeat to yourself, so I'll put them in the episode show notes. But I also want to encourage you to create your own, These are the words that bring me comfort, and you should feel free to make them your own. If you feel like you could use some one-on-one time with me to deal with your bedtime stressors, I'm taking on a few private coaching clients this spring. Go to sleepcoachbeth.com for more information on how we might connect, and then book your free 30-minute call. I also have some exciting news that I'm finally able to share with you after almost a year in the making. I wrote a book. It's called The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep and it's all my best stuff packaged into one beautiful hardcover. It will be available in stores on August 4th, but you can pre-order it on Amazon right now. Search for The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep in whichever Amazon site you use because it's available for pre-sale on all the Amazons thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep, good night mama.